Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. We're talking about fear. Last week we started talking about it. We're going to take it through a few more weeks. Today we're dealing with fear of failure. Last week we looked at the fear of death, the biggie. Um, <clears throat> if, you can, if you can handle that fear, then the others begin to fade. So we're, we're looking at uh, the help that God gives us for dealing with these things. There are two common reactions. Last week, by way of review, we looked at two common reactions to fear. First one is to sort of get distracted from fear by building a fortress for ourselves out of our own strength, insight, and resources. We sort of erect a life, and we try to, to out of our own ability and power, come up with uh, a portfolio, financial portfolio, a life that can't be penetrated by our fears. Second thing we do is we just become afraid of everything. And there are a couple options there as we become afraid of everything. We, then we try to please the people around us so that maybe they'll help us if we need them or, or so that they won't, they won't hurt us. Or, or we just say, forget it. I'm, I'm going to live life on my own. I'm just going to party. Um, we looked last week at how God is the only one who can deliver us from our fears. That, that is very true, especially with the fear of death. Um, there's an interesting scene in Prince Caspian, the movie Prince Caspian. It's based on the book Prince Caspian by C.S. Lewis, a writer who was writing these stories as an analogy of the Christian life. Uh, Lucy and her brothers and sisters, uh, the Privinces, were... Um, Back in Narnia again, it's a world that you enter, go in and out of between our world and that world anyway, if you haven't seen the movie or read the books. But anyway, she meets up in Prince Caspian with Aslan again, who is the Christ figure in the story. And um, she had met him before once in the, in the prior movie and book. And um, sounds like I'm telling a real story, sort of, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's an analogy. <laughs> but anyway, she says... When she sees Aslan this time, she says, Aslan, you've, you've grown bigger. And he says, well, no, Lucy, you've gotten bigger. And as you grow bigger, I grow bigger. And his point, Lewis was making a point that as we mature in our walk with the Lord, God gets bigger and bigger. He doesn't actually get bigger. He's already the size he is. He is, he is way bigger than we can imagine. But our understanding of him expands and as we learn who God is, our fears shrink down to size. The, the more that we learn about him, uh, the bigger and bigger he gets and our fears begin to shrink. That, that really is true. God's the only one that can help us with our fears. Um, faith is always the right response to our fears. It's always the right response. And <clears throat> we apply faith by taking refuge in God. We looked at that last week. How do we take refuge? Well, we handle our emotions when our fears ramp up, our emotions get involved. We handle our emotions by turning to God in prayer. We let our fears take us into his presence, and we ask him for help on stuff. Um, we control our thoughts by focusing on what's real, on God's truth, what, what is real. Um, what you bring to mind as the fears ramp up are going to determine how well you handle your fears. And so you bring to mind the things that or the, the, the truth of God. The, I, I bring to mind Scripture uh, myself, and we talked about how, how the Word of God really helps us to 
to handle our fears and to think about the right kind of things. Finally, last week, we looked at how Jesus wants to set us free from the fear of death. Hebrews 2 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, speaking of Jesus, so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus came, he stepped into our world, he's, he's God himself, stepped into our world, <clears throat> lived a perfect life, died a death on the cross, so that he could set us free from this fear of death. That's, that's the heart of what he came to do. And so now, if you know Christ, if you commit your life to him, he, he frees you from the fear of death. You can look death in the eye and face it with courage. You, 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 can, you can deal with it that way. And if you can deal with death that way, the smaller fears follow, follow suit. You, you can handle them as well. Today we're going to look at the fear of failure. Last week we looked at the definition for fear. This is our working definition. A painful agitation in the presence of danger or in anticipation of it. Uh, danger is comes and that's what triggers the fear. We, we're either anticipating we're going to lose something, there's some kind of danger, there's a risk involved, and we, we become afraid. Fear is a normal response to danger and potential loss. It's, it's normal. It, it actually can be helpful if we handle it the right way. Um, but the danger equals loss. We're afraid because there's danger and we, we're going to lose our life or something else. There's something we're going to lose. The fear of failure is that we're, we're afraid that we're going to lose something, either something we already have or we're afraid we're, going to, we're not going to get something that we want. There's something we want, we're not going to get it, and we're afraid we're not. And, and that's the fear of failure. We're afraid we're not going to get the promotion we want, or we're not going to have the career that we want. We're not going to be able to progress the way we'd like. We want a spot on a certain team, afraid we're not going to get that. Or maybe there's somebody around us, we've come to know Christ, and we want to help them come to Christ, and we're afraid they're not going to, they're not going to get it. And so that sort of colors the way that we relate to them. Um, as parents, we have dreams for our kids, and we're afraid that we're going to mess them up. <laughs> I was. My kids are pretty well cooked now. But uh, I, I was afraid, you know, hey, I know this is going to be the subject of a therapy session somewhere down the road. <laughs> oh, no. What if they don't turn out? What if they don't turn out the way we want them to? I mean, we're afraid of that. We, we're afraid of these things. We're afraid that we're going to be embarrassed. We're afraid that we're going to lose our reputation or our image or some kind of status that is, is gone. But these things are going to be damaged and lost. So we're paralyzed at times to take, to take action. Or we take action in counterproductive ways that, that really hurts the situation. The normal way to define success ramps up our fears. It, it, it escalates them, which the normal way... To success is we find out what's valued by the people around us, and we set out to get it. And in our society, there, there are some things that are very high on the list of values. One of those is education, intellect. Um, it's, it's the way to get the career I want. What, what if I can't make the grade? What if I'm in the middle of pursuing my education, and it looks like I'm not going to 
I don't get it. These, these are things that went through my mind <laughs> almost every time I took a midterm or a final. Um, in our society, as you get into the media, you find out sexual potential is very high on the list. I mean, young children should not watch most of what goes on on TV right now because it's so sex, sexually oriented. Sexual potential is very high on the list. What if nobody wants me? Or, or what if my beauty begins to fade? What's going to happen then? Boy, that, that really set you off on a tangent there. Work potential is also very high on the list. Um, but what if I go unnoticed and I never advance in my work? I never make progress the way that I want to. We, we try to come up with these things and we try to have enough of them to feel good about ourselves and our future. And when we can't, we feel like a failure or we're afraid we're going to fail when it looks like it's not coming together. The fear of failure is amplified by the wrong values. Look at Luke 16, 15. It says, uh, this is Jesus talking to a group of men, uh, religious leaders, actually. You're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. The values of men, the values of our world, are completely upside down from God's values, what's important to him. The things that God values are eternal things. They never fade. They never do. And a key to dealing with the fear of failure is to wrap your heart around the things that are important to God the things that matter to him, around the goals and values that will not fade. They will not go away. Two of those things uh, that you find in Scripture, the two things that will certainly never fade are God's word. It never fails. We sang a song earlier about God's word that never fails. It never fails. It's always, it's eternal. What he says goes from now through eternity. And another thing that will not uh, die but that's eternal are people. God loves people. He cares deeply about the people that he has made. And so those, those two things are very important. If we're faithful to the people around us, if, if we try to figure out what it means to live out God's word in the, with our resources and responsibilities, then we're doing what really matters to him. We're, we're wrapping ourselves around the things that, that, that matter to God. And the things that will last are... are Understanding and an application of the Word of God, that's, that can go on forever. Uh, people are going to go on forever. As we invest in them, doing the right things by them, God, that honors God. And that's, that's living for what really matters. When you're living for the things that are out of your control, you're on shaky ground. Very, very shaky ground. Um, God is not the referee in a mass game of King of the Hill. He refuses to be that. That is not the deal. He, he wants us to be faithful with our resources, the way he's wired us, the gifts he's given us, the abilities he's given us, and he wants us to be faithful in our responsibilities and relationships. As we set out to do that, we're wrapping our hearts around the things that really matter to God, those things that go on forever and ever. God really helps us deal with fear of failure. Let's look at how he helps us with that. How do, how do you deal with it? First of all, refuse to fear men. Proverbs 29, 25, 
really helps me. It says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. If you fear man, you're at, you're at man's mercy, not God's mercy. Uh, you live for what others think, and it, it worries you to the core because people are arbitrary and fickle. You never know how they're going to respond. Uh, that's the normal path to success. Um, you trust in the Lord and you're safe. There's safety there. There's help there. Your, your emotions can go all over the sky like a kite. But if you trust God, you're, you're anchored to him. So your emotions are going all over the place, but you're anchored by, by trust in God, by allowing things to, taking things before him and allowing him to work things out. Refuse to fear men and turn things over to God in prayer. Many people never see God come through because they never ask him to come through in their situation. And boy, when he does it, you learn to trust him more because he, he comes through. He's faithful. He, he really works. Second thing to do to deal with the fear of failure is to adopt God's values in faith. This, as I grow older, this verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 4 means more to me. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. As you get older, pain becomes more and more of a reality. <laughs> and so even though your body's wasting away, inwardly, as you walk with God, he's renewing your heart, renewing your strength, giving you the ability to live life the way he wants to. This really happens. In verse 18, it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Decide to live for eternal things. Fix your eyes on those things, what matters to God, and set your heart on those things. People and God's word are going to last forever. God's formula for success is to obey him in in each situation, be faithful to obey God and his word and treat the people around you right. Handling your responsibilities, your relationships, and, and dealing with your resources faithfully. Wrap your heart around the things that matter to him and you'll find success. Third thing to do is to learn to rely on God's spirit. There's a great summary of, of how God gives us help in dealing with fear in 2 Timothy 1.7. You may want to memorize it. Sometime, But it says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So when you decide to follow Christ, his spirit comes in, he lives in you, and he is going to provide power when you need it. He's going to help you love people, and he is going to help you with self-discipline. Um, power is something God gives when we ask him for it. Faith is always the gateway to God's power. And prayer is a way we express our faith. So we ask God for help. God, I'm in the middle of this situation. I don't know what to do. In fact, I'm, I'm running out of gas here. I need your help. Will you give me the strength I, I need to handle this the right way? Will you give me the power I need? Uh, love is an outward focus. Love is going to flow from the Spirit of God. It's going to flow from him. And so in a situation, don't melt, but look for ways that you can meet others' needs and help. How can you help them out? This, this really 
get your thoughts and emotions heading in the right direction if you set your heart on love. And that's going to be flowing from God's Spirit as you walk with Him. He's going to be helping you with that. Finally, self-discipline, which another way of saying that is sound mind. If, if your mind is racing and darting and being pulled in many, many different directions, God isn't behind that. God is behind a sound mind, self-discipline. That's what's going to flow from him. He brings a sound mind and clear thinking. So don't run the scenarios. What, what's, what if this happens or what if that happens? How am I going to deal with this? What is going to go on? Just If you're running those kinds of scenarios constantly, this makes you a tennis ball in the enemy's court. You're just, you're just getting bounced all over the place by, by the enemy. Fear is something the enemy, Satan, wants to use to tear us up, destroy us. Don't run the scenarios. Over the past 21 years, I started the church, uh, Church in the Valley, about 20, a little over 21 years ago. In the past 21 years, I've thought many times the church was going to go down the tubes. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, turns out that none of those times were reality, <laughs> because it still exists. But, but every time I had to come to the point, what if the whole thing falls apart? What if it does fall apart? I mean, I feel like it is. I'm not quite sure I can do this. I wasn't quite sure I could start the thing. And I'm amazed that it got going. It's, it's, you know, God did it. I'm pretty amazed by that. But what if it all falls apart? What am I going to do? I decide every time I'll find another job and I'll try to help people come to know Christ right here in, in this area. And I'll try to help them grow when they do. I, until God moves me, I'm going to do the assignment that he's given me right here. I'm not, I'm not budging. So that, that really helped as I, as I ran the scenarios. That helps. You may be afraid of something right now. Something maybe it feels like it's falling apart. What if it falls apart? I can tell you that God and his spirit of power, power if you'll cooperate with him, if you'll turn to him, if you don't know him, if you'll turn to him, his spirit of power, love, and self-discipline will help you through it. He will give you what you need if you recognize his presence and cooperate with him. You know, you can be truly successful any day of the week. Um, what you have to do is you have to be faithful to God's word, figure out what God says about your day, and be faithful to the people that he puts around you. That's true success. You, you can do that. When you blow it, and you will, I do, when you blow it and you do fail, ask for forgiveness. Ask God to help. Get back going again. A fourth thing we can do to deal with fear, of failure particularly, is develop convictions. Convictions are, are something, they're beliefs that you live, that you would be willing to die for. You, you develop beliefs, something you believe in strongly enough that you're willing to die for it or pay a high price for it. So develop convictions. That's where courage comes from. Look at Luke 9. Luke 9, 23 through 25. Jesus is talking. He's describing what it means to follow him. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it? For a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self. 
When, when we commit ourselves to follow Christ, if you're considering it, this is what it means. You, you decide to live for God, for Christ, and not for yourself. If you've made that decision, that's what you were saying. I, God, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to my old way. And I'm going to live your way. I'm not going to live for me anymore. When we go back to living for ourselves, after you've made that decision, fear escalates. It goes through the roof. It's very, you, 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 can't, it's, it, you can't live halfway on that. Or, or you're going to be struggling with fear. If you've already died to your own life, um, then as fears come along, you, you can deal with them uh, much more readily. Um, when, when, you, when you do that, it turns out that when you decide to die to yourself, life begins. Because you've, sa- you've found something to live for. You found someone to live for. You found a purpose for living. Because you, 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 you're willing to die for this, literally. You're willing to die for it. Um, so, like I said, convictions are, are beliefs that you would die for. I'd like to show a video uh, from one of my favorite movies. It's my favorite scene. You, I, I actually may have shown it before. Sorry if, if I've shown it here before, but I just want, I just want to look at it because it applies to what we're talking about very well. It's from the movie Open Range. And um, it's a scene where in this movie, Baxter, the Scottish man, has overtaken the town. And he's basically an, a very unjust, ruthless person who is using the town, townspeople for his own benefit. He's getting wealthy gaining power off of them. And there are two free grazers, guys who just go along and uh, bring their herds through and graze the land. They don't have their own land. They come into town and they run into trouble from this Baxter guy. So they're wanting to lead a revolt. And they get into a conversation with uh, some of the men from the town, a a shopkeeper and then uh, a freighter guy and his sons. I'd like you to hear the conversation is real quick. Hey, so bad about your friend. She all right? He's dead. Too bad. Seemed like a nice young fella. Shame what this town's come to. You could do something about it. What? The freighters. Ralph, here's a. Shopkeeper. You're men, ain't you? I didn't raise my boys just to see him killed. Well, you may not know this, but there's uh, things that gnaw out a man worse than dying. I love that. <laughs> there are things that gnaw on a man worse than dying. That, that, that is true. There are. You shrink back in the midst of fear, and you regret what you didn't do. And it gnaws on you for the rest of your life, potentially. Now, God will forgive you if you failed. God, you know, he's gracious. He will forgive you. You can move past it. But it gnaws at you if you keep shrinking back and not doing what God has called you to do. Fear melts when you've already decided to live for God's purpose. That's what Jesus is saying. If you found something you're willing to die for, boy, life comes alive. 
I mean, it really begins to happen. You lose your life to do what God wants, and you find it in Him. This turns out to be the path to real life. Finally, uh, this, this applies to what we just looked at. Shift your focus to doing right instead of, in spite of, the outcome. Instead of looking at the outcome, trying to make that happen, shift your focus to doing right in spite of the outcome. However it turns out, God, I'm going to do right by you. I'm going to do right by the people I'm relating to. Proverbs 24:16 says, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity. Now, why does the righteous man keep getting up? Because he's not focused on the outcome. He's not focused on what just happened. He's focused on doing right. He's going to get up and do the right thing. So he keeps getting up. He's not wallowing on the ground thinking, oh, that shouldn't have happened. I don't know what went on there. He, he's, he's getting up by the grace of God, power of God, and he's doing the right thing. Because that's what he's focused on. Flip side is also true. If we're doing wrong, the wicked, they're crushed by calamity. If, and, and then the other thing is, if we're doing wrong or shrinking back from the right we know to do, uh, we sort of bring fear on ourselves because at a deep level, we know the house of cards is coming down any time. And we're waiting for that. So that creates its own level of fear in us as we shrink back from things. Listen to Psalm 112, 1, verse 1, and then 6 and 8. Blessed or happy is the man who fears the Lord who finds great delight in his commands. This is what they get excited. They get pumped about doing what God wants them to do. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. When you're focused on the outcome, fears go sky high. When, when, you're, when you look over the situation, you, you may be in a hairy situation right now, you're, you're afraid. When you look over that situation, ask yourself, ask God to show you what is right God to do right here. What is the right thing to do? Set out to do it and your fears will begin to go away. In your marriage, you may be afraid of what's going on. Lord, what is the right thing for me to do? What... I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to leave the outcome to you. I, I can't control the outcome. I can, I can do what's right. I can be faithful before God. In your ministry, if you're trying to help people and maybe you have a ministry here in the congregation or somewhere else, God, what is the right step to take here? What is the right thing to do? I'm going to focus on that. I don't know how it's going to turn out. That's your category. But I'm going to focus on what's right for me to do right here. Um, you may be in the middle of a conflict. And boy, you know, things, fear wells up, worry, everything starts ramping up. God, what is the right response to this conflict here? What is the right thing for me to do? And regardless of reputation, regardless of image, anything you might lose, you do the right thing. And you, you ask God to come through. And he does. He will come through. Here, you may be at work. You're, you're worried about things. God, I'm just going to focus on working hard. As hard as I can and doing, doing right by you and see what happens. If you don't succeed, keep trying. Pick yourself up. Ask God to help you have the strength to get up. Leave the outcome to God and that will melt the fear as you set your heart on doing right.
Let's ask the question. So what if I fail? What if I fail? There's a story I alluded to last week, the story of uh, when the disciples, Jesus had the disciples get, get in a boat and go across the Sea of Galilee. A storm rose up, and they were afraid of it for their lives. And Jesus comes walking across the, the water, which you know, he could do uh, by the power of God. He was God. So he comes walking across the water, and the disciples look up. They see him. They think he's a ghost. They're afraid. But then they recognize, this is Jesus. He's walking across the water. This is awesome. Peter says, Lord, can I get out of the boat and start walking towards you? And Jesus, Jesus says, come on. And so Peter takes, he gets out of the boat, and he fails fantastically. If you're going to fail, this is the way to do it. <laughs> he gets out of the boat. He takes a few steps, and then I think he must have realized what was going on. He looks down and starts sinking. Because he became afraid of what, you know, what could happen there. But at least he failed fantastically. I identify, actually, I would have never got out of the boat. I'd have been with the 11 in the boat. Still row until Jesus got there. <laughs> doing whatever. I, 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 Peter is a great example to me. Because, because he took those steps toward God. And there's another point at which Peter failed miserably. Not, not fantastically, but miserably. Um, Peter had predicted, um, Jesus had predicted that Peter would fail him by denying him three times uh, at, at, before his death. And this is what Jesus said to him after that. He says in Luke 22, 31 and 32, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. So, so what if you fail? I've experienced this time and time again, that God puts me back together if I'll turn to him. When I turn back to him, after I've blown it, he is very gracious and kind and faithful, and he will restore me. He'll put it together. Listen to this verse that Peter wrote years later. Resist him, talking about the devil, talking about the enemy, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all grace, who called you into his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So if you fail, so what? God wants you to turn to him and let him put you back together. Let him restore you. He, he will do that as you, as you turn to him Get forgiveness, set your heart to do right, and handle your responsibilities and relationships in a way that pleases him. He will work with you, no matter what's gone on in your life prior to this. He, he will work with you. Here are some next steps that you may want to take as a result of the, the message. You can find them on your connection card if you'd like to check the box there on your, out, on your listening guide and on the connection card. That'd be great. Drop it in the offering when it comes by. But first one is, I'm going to refuse to fear men. I'm going to live for God's purpose, set my heart on being faithful. That's, I've, God's spoken to me this morning, and I'm going to do that. Um, second step you could take is I want to learn to rely on God's Spirit. I haven't been doing that. I've been trying to handle things in my own power, and I want to learn to rely on Him and help me with this situation and with the situations I'm facing right now. Or maybe you want to shift your focus to doing right. You've been worried about the outcome. You've been sweating it, trying to come up with, with a certain outcome. 
abandon any wrong and set your heart to do right. Look over the situation, ask God for help, check with somebody who's more mature in the Lord, maybe knows his word, find out what's right if you're confused, and, and do it. Leave the outcome to God. Then finally, you may want to ask God to restore you. I'm, I'm asking God to restore me this morning. I, I've blown it. I feel like I failed. I'm going to ask God to forgive me. I'm going to move on from here. Those are some steps you could take. There may be some others that God laid on your heart as well. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that really does guide and help us. Thank you for your faithfulness and kindness to us, God. You, you're gracious and we turn to you, and sometimes we turn to you expecting a rebuke, but we find open arms of forgiveness and love and kindness. So, Father, I thank you for the fact that even in the midst of failure, even in the midst of our struggles, you're right there, ready to help us. And when we fail, when we've blown it, you will put things back together if we'll trust you to do that. You will, God, help us to be free from our fears as we deal with our fears rightly, uh, bringing the right things to mind, setting our hearts in the right place. God, help us to do this by your power and grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.